Hey internet, I'm Simon Squibb, your host at the Good Luck Club. I believe luck is an ingredient that's necessary for a successful life. Whatever you're starting, building or shipping, I'm here to tell you that without luck, you're not going to make it. I've been testing my luck as an entrepreneur since I was 15. I have plenty of failures and successes, and I'm fascinated by the things I couldn't control. The moments that made my career and the ones that threatened to end it. In each episode, I invite a guest to share their stories about luck, the good and the bad, and together we'll test my theory about luck's role. Our guest today is Nigel Levy. Nigel is a writer, producer and director working in TV and film. He began his career at the BBC and has produced programmes and series covering science, the arts, history, education, business and sport. He has won multiple awards and nominations, including an Emmy nomination for one of his documentaries. You may have heard of the hit Formula One Drive to Survive show for Netflix. Nigel was a series editor. It is one of the biggest hits for the channel in recent times. He also works in drama and directed the Hollywood feature film Mothers and Daughters, starring Sharon Stone. He has long been fascinated by the mechanics behind storytelling and directing and has a unique view and insight on luck, which he wishes to share with us today. So Nigel, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Well, uh, what a career you've had. Fascinating to, to read all the things that you've done. So, so impressive. I, uh, I always like to start off by asking my guests, you know, what does success mean to you? Um, it's, as I said at the beginning, just before we started talking, my answers might be quite vague, but they will be honest. I think in terms of career, it means making something, feeling as though I have something worth saying um, and finding a way to say it. So that's personally a great feeling to feel I have a, a method or a, or a style or a technique. And then being lucky enough to have a platform to present it on. And when all those things come together and I'm working with great people, I feel successful. Mm, interesting. I find that when I ask uh, people, just general public, I say, what is success? A lot of people will pick a number financially. It's interesting you don't even, money doesn't even come into any of what you've just described there. No, not really. I mean, you know, I'd love the idea of lots of money, but it didn't come into my head when you said being successful. Has it always been that way for you or has there been points in your life where that, that success metric has shifted? No, I don't think so. I think I, uh, they're separate things, money and success. You know, I'd, I'd like money, I'd like freedom that money gives. But that doesn't really mean successful to me. What I've discovered, I think, is that me feeling successful has probably got nothing to do with the job I'm doing. It's, you know, happiness and success have really, when it's really, when things are kind of in balance, it's just, I can be just as successful if I'm kind of out in a park and the weather's nice and... Mm. It's a lovely sunny day, and well, that feels like a successful day. But it's one of the reasons I wanted to interview you because I, I think people don't think this way, and you do. A lot of people I meet, the metrics of success are quite different to what you're describing. Um, you're talking about enjoying your life as a metric for success, and I think 
And it's interesting the business you're in because I, I would say as a director, mm. uh, uh, when I hear a movie has been done well or not, it's all about its box office numbers or how many, uh, how much money it made or how financially successful it was as a model. And so even in the industry you're in, you must be an exception because surely the numbers are important. Maybe maybe I'd be more successful in industry terms if I felt differently. Mm. I mean, I've known, I know people who do those big mega projects. And not that I'm in a position to turn it down, but I don't think it would make me happy. Mm. Well, you, that's a real discipline, a real insight there. I think people should listen to this. I think this point, saying no to stuff is so hard, isn't it? Surely you've had moments where you can see you can make a lot of money and you've had to say no because um, it didn't fit your... I'm what trying to think doing. of examples where I've been offered chances to make loads of money. That would have been a different path, I guess. I mean, I've never found myself in a position where someone has said, here's a load of money, Hmm. do this. I might well have taken it because it's in front of me. But, you know, when you start thinking slightly differently about it, you don't really end up in the situations where Hmm. people offer you bucket loads of money Hmm. in order to make something. I mean, it's, like I say, the people who've done these really big jobs, they're painfully difficult. I remember talking to people on a feature, not my feature film, but... um, uh, some of the other mega films that friends of mine have worked on. And I always end up saying, is everyone divorced? Or how are they, how do they survive being away from their family? Hmm. And they go, yeah, no, it's, you know, either they're of the type of person where they've got an arrangement with their family where it's fine that they're away for months on end and, hmm. you know, that's cool and everyone's happy with it. But there are lots of people who are separated and divorced. Hmm. And um, they might think it's worthwhile because of the success they get. Maybe they haven't defined what success actually means, or in their case, Maybe success that. isn't, like you're saying, spending time with the family and being happy. Success to them is having a mega hit movie. Yeah. I mean, but I still want to make big success, things that reach lots of people. Hmm. I, I made a film, a documentary years ago called The Language Master, which is about a language teacher. And on every level, it was a success and it made me incredibly happy. So lots of people saw it. It got lots of publicity. It, you know, did very well. It was high status. I met famous people. Creatively, it was my idea. I sold it. I produced it. I had every concept about it It was mine. So as you can imagine, and it was worthwhile. And for years afterwards, people contacted me saying it was one of the most important things they'd seen. So as you can imagine, that ticked absolutely every box. I think it was lucky it was the first thing I did because it kept me uh, trying to achieve that that level of success again. You know, it's kind of a universal success. Hmm. Was it was it a financial success? Uh, reasonably. Hmm. I mean, if you do something that works like that, you get offered more work. Hmm. But I didn't turn it into a financial success. I mean, maybe had I had a better business brain, there was a part of it that if I could have switched into a different way of thinking or even known you, I could have commercialised it legitimately. Again, you know, absolutely legitimately because I took it to someone else to commercialise it and they made a lot of money out of it. But it was valid. I didn't feel I was kind of being dishonest to the... I was, I was made a documentary about a guy who teaches languages which people find incredibly rewarding and um, valuable to them. It made people see that they're capable of learning things. I took him into a school and the children were transformed about their own potential. 
But the other side of it was he went on and, and um, created a tape language course. Now, I helped him do that. I took him to various places. I, I you know, I, I sold him to various companies. And in the end, he did it with a very big company and made a lot of money or made a reasonable amount of money. If I'd been a business person, I could have recorded them myself. This is one of the reasons I, I wanted to interview again you because you're you're um, what I view as a creative entrepreneur, and my uh, view is that creative entrepreneurs sometimes do the work for the love of it, mm-hmm. and the commercialization piece um, is not your priority, and. I don't think I have the knowledge. It's not my right. problem. I genuinely come against an absolute dead end. Right. Because I don't have the skills. So, so what's interesting is I, I, the person I interviewed in the uh, episode four, he talked about eight different types of entrepreneurs. And, and Michael Todd, the person I interviewed, believed that these eight different types of entrepreneurs needed to team up with each other quite often. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, throughout your career, I mean, you, you, I mean, you're very humble. You've actually been quite successful. I think, I think the, the, um, you know, have you not at point said, right, I need to commercialize this. Let's bring in an entrepreneur who is the business side. If you feel that that's um, bit you were missing. I, I, you know, I haven't had a huge amount of many, many projects that have lent themselves to being commercialized. And I often work for other people. Right. Um, and you, you worked on the, the Netflix series Formula One, right? Yeah, Formula One. Yeah. So I was just brought in, I was just brought in to help the storytelling. Mm. So I worked on the series to make it work, mm. to help deliver the series. Mm. Pretty successful series, so you did a good job. It was hugely successful. But again, you, you, but in, in, that, in that case, you're an entrepreneur working for that organisation, so that in a way it's a, it's a self-employed, employed situation. So the success of that product doesn't necessarily end up giving you extra benefit. No, no. You I just mean, paid a fee in that case, course, right? Absolutely, I got a fee and then I got offered uh, things afterwards based on mm. similar projects. Um so that was there was value. There's always you look at saying what value do I get out of this? Mm. Will I get other things? Um, and uh, there was a feature. I almost got a feature off the back of it. You want to talk about luck? That was there was an absolute bad luck incident there, in which I was going to make a it was a huge IMAX documentary feature film with a really big name director of photography. And a very big company behind it, and huge amounts of money in it, um, and yeah, it's genuinely. And I, and I kind of, you know, um, presented myself to the company as the right person to make it. I was, and all that kind of went fine, and we put it all together. And then the funding fell through in the last minute, in you know, literally the week we were meant to start after three weeks of pre-production. Um, I just had the incredible bad luck that. Uh, Donald Trump imposed one of his whimsical trade bans against the country and then the funders pulled out. Mm, wow. And it felt like genuine bad luck because it was based on a tweet. Mm, from <laughs> Donald Trump. Trump. Yeah, from Donald Trump. He has no idea the impact he's having on people's lives. <laughs> I felt quite funny because I actually directly affected by one of Donald Trump's tweets. Right. There's... And it actually is a policy decision. I'm trivialising it. He just right. presents policy decisions for yeah. tweets. Right. But, you know, he's quite uh, capricious, so it might have been done at four in the morning, I don't know. Um, so that was a direct... I'm trying to, you said, I don't actually believe in luck, necessarily, hmm. but if there's any definition of luck, that's bad luck. Because it was, you know, 
one minute I was going to make a feature film and the next minute I didn't. Mm. So that's bad luck. But you also asked me earlier examples of good luck. And most of my good luck <coughs> is good timing. And most of my bad luck is my own fault. Mm. <coughs> that's the way I see it anyway. Because um, I think we talked about did you talk about this conversation or the conversation you had yep. about the, uh, how I got into television? Yeah, Nigel and I have been talking uh, prior to this podcast. I've, I've uh, recently got to know Nigel. Um, so forgive us if uh, this, this is a conversation where we're beginning to digress into previous conversations okay. we've had. But yeah, we, we've had some fascinating uh, discussions about how projects have happened or haven't yeah. happened. And, and that's why I wanted Nigel on today because a lot of it is about good luck or bad luck. So talk. my good luck was that I made a good decision to, uh, after my degree, to do a postgraduate degree that I thought would get me into the BBC. Hmm. And it did. The good luck element of it, I mean, that's good decision-making, I guess, you never know it would work out like that, was the, like the year after I did that, the rest of the world decided that would be a perfect degree to do to get into the BBC, and it got turned into an official postgraduate degree, which I never would have got into academically. Hmm. So I managed to kind of preempt it by a year or two, and uh, I got into the BBC, and you could say I wrote a great letter to get into the BBC. Um, but the timing was great, I guess, and it had space. So it's very, luck is really weird. I know most of my bad luck has come because I have made a bad decision, which isn't really luck, or um, talked myself out of the job because I was in the, I was going for a job that I didn't really want to do. And it, it, that ends up with me, um, it comes across in a conversation that you go, sounds like a great idea. And, and then I start presenting ideas, uh, presenting in an interview reasons for not doing it or me not doing it. So I just talk myself out of jobs. Mm. If I didn't care that much about what I did, I could do very other very big productions, but I just knew I'd be unhappy doing it. I think, if that makes sense. So my, make sense. Most of my bad luck is down to my personality, hmm. and most of my good luck is down to my personality and timing. That, that's a fascinating uh, way of putting it. I think you're you're basically taking personal responsibility for your good luck and your bad luck, as opposed to what I think is the norm in society where people believe bad luck happens to them and it wasn't their fault. Let, let's, let's take someone getting unwell, for example, you know. That, yeah, that, I, mean, that's, I mean, but everything comes down to a um, you really. And also, like I said, I don't think I'd be any happier. My happiness has got... I genuinely don't think I'm, I'm, my happiness is due to my work. It's your state of mind. Hmm. Because you're not really working all the time. So you know, if you're walking down the street unhappy, it's not it's just because of how you're responding to the world. It's not mm. really the job. I have a little bit of a problem personally with the word happy. I think it's uh, it's impossible to stay in a permanent state yeah. of happy. But, but when you say happy, I mean, you you must have good days and bad days. Yeah, absolutely. Else, right? yeah, you're, terrible, you're not you're not yeah. permanently happy. No, I'm terrible. I get totally anxious and worried about stuff. I'm really bad about that. Mm. Do, do you think 
I mean, I, I feel like you are humble. You, you are permanently being sought out to work on people's projects to help them. Um, and I know you're, you know, you're humble about this, but I know, it, I know it's true. And like you were saying just a moment ago, you, know, yeah. you, you do find yourself talking yourself out of them. Well, yeah, exactly. Like last week, I kind of like realised it wasn't quite the right thing for me. But, but, maybe, but then it wasn't the right thing for me. So. But in a way, I mean, just my personal view with the debate is that your luck has been your bad luck. The fact that you have managed to land these projects, you know, working on these Netflix series mm. and so on, because you're good at what you do, mm. has also led you down a path where perhaps you're not working on projects you want to work on because you haven't got the time or, or the resources because you've been yeah, busy exactly. working on, on other people's projects because you're so good they want you. Maybe, maybe. I mean, it's... Um, I always find something to enjoy. I loved working on, on the big Netflix projects because the people were great. I mean, it was a massive technical challenge and creative challenge uh, so I had a fantastic time and there's kind of a thrill on working on something big that you know lots and lots of people are going to see mm. and sure. like I said it's a great company great people and I felt I really had something to offer funny enough when I went in for that job when I know I can do a really good job um, I actually it's very easy for me to say I can um, I can make this a success for you Mm. It's it's not it's not complicated. Well, not for I, you. No, you've got said, you've got the skill, the knowledge, said, and now the experience to, to make those projects. I said to them, you know, if you want this to be delivered and it to be successful, I will make it the best program that it can be by the time you have to deliver it. Rather than saying, oh no, we haven't got time to do it, I said I'll just make it the best I can, which is going to be pretty good. It's um, do you think programs that are successful or not successful? Oh, in any way down to luck or is it all to do with the product and production and, and I think yeah programs that are successful are absolutely down to luck which is what I think is doing timing so you can't tell what is going on in the wider world at a certain moment when your program gets released there's a huge amount of promotion involved I mean the truth is I'll give you an example I did a um, documentary a feature documentary that was nominated for an Emmy and um, when we showed it to them, they really liked it. So clearly there was them that, yeah, the company, the, the broadcaster really liked it, but they decided to promote it for an Emmy or put it up for an Emmy. So, you know, you're at the whim of someone who decides to, that it should be put up for an award. Mm. I've got a friend who has won yeah, BAFTAs every year, virtually, BAFTAs and Emmys and everything. And he told me, he said, I make things that win awards. So, you know, it's it, the best thing. I, did, I made the, the honest truth. I did this film, The Language Master, and I met someone who's on the BAFTA um, committee for judging the BAFTA awards. And he said, did he say it would have won an award or we didn't know? Or, or maybe there's so many vagaries about why you win awards. It's not the best thing. Again, there, there is luck. The there must be a luck element there too. Yeah, there's like, luck. There's so you do believe in luck. Whimsy. I mean, it's, yes, it's... The luck is the timing. It's like I could have been in front. It could have been presented to someone who wanted to have. But it had to. It's not just timing because it had to be submitted by someone. Yes. Someone had to. You know, it had to be paid for, committed by. You know, yeah. the powers that be that own the program, for yeah. example. Well, his luck, for example. I, I made this documentary, The Language Master, and it was meant to go out on BBC Two at it's like ring banging on the table. It was meant to go out on BBC Two at five o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday, which is possibly the worst time to put a documentary out because I'm never anywhere near I never wasn't anywhere near a television 
And then the scheduler saw it and he changed it to Sunday night at nine o'clock, which is the best slot um, because he saw it and liked it. Now, he didn't usually watch every program that he schedules because it was made for a education slot. My good luck was that the education slot was, that series was, was uh, abandoned. So it became a one-off program because the series didn't exist anymore. My good luck was that the scheduler saw it and decided to put it on at a good hour. You know, it's just, it could have gone out at five o'clock on a Saturday afternoon mm. and no one would have seen it. It happened to go out on a great start, did really well. Mm. The, it was good. It was always really good. But that doesn't mean it's going to be successful. It doesn't mean it's going to do well. It doesn't mean people are going to see it necessarily. Mm. So you kind of have to enjoy the process. Otherwise, if you're always waiting for something to be successful, you'll never be happy. I mean, it's easy for me to say this. It doesn't mean I am happy. Mm. But uh, I just, you know, I, I, I logically know that to be true. You have to enjoy the process mm. because the end result, you're just, you're just waiting for the right moment to be it's in other people's hands isn't it mm. I'm uh, I interviewed someone recently who said that you manifest your own luck or bad luck and everything that happens to you is kind of created by your own actions it's kind of similar yeah, yeah, to what yeah, you're yeah, saying I, so. I, I guess with that kind of idea in mind if you were to manifest luck for yourself in the future what what would you like your future career to be what is your what is your yeah, I mean, destiny that's interesting. I've got what I would like to do essentially is have more of those projects that, are, that, are, that I believe in, that are worthwhile and valuable and useful to people. Are you listening, University? Yeah, yeah. working with amazing people. Um, and just having the, you know, and, and learning when I do it. The best time I ever had was when I made a series and I was kind of, I was given com complete permission to do what I thought was best. And that genuinely is the most amazing feeling. I happened to come up, uh, I, there was a series that someone had written a few pages on, so it was a concept, but it wasn't a series. So I came in and I talked myself into that. I was fairly junior and I had an idea about how it should be done. And the company kind of agreed with me and they put it to the broadcaster and they agreed. The broadcaster was rebranding itself. So they went for something new. So we've never really done it like this before, but we're trying to do something new, so let's do it. I then poured myself into it and did made the kind of program and series that was absolutely the best that it could be for me. So I used, I made a program based on my, my greater skills on every level. So I just basically did the best I could. I shot it for me. Uh, we showed it to them and they liked it. And they put a huge amount of publicity behind it. Uh, so it was massively promoted. And it was a huge success. Mm. Uh, so on every level, it was Could, brilliant. Do you want to copy and paste that going forward, basically? Yeah, but the, the downside was, financially, I didn't make anything out of it right. because it wasn't my company. Right. And I remember trying to talk to the company to give me a bit more money to do it, and they didn't really want to. So I wasn't paid a huge amount for it. And I wasn't a but maybe the second time around, you can have all the essence of what you love, but just maybe tweak the financial side to get what you deserve yeah, yeah. from your hard work and creativity. And as you know, I have got many, many ideas that are waiting to be made. Mm. Um, more in drama at the moment than in documentary, although they're kind of in, in the area of documentary. And I think uh, knowing people like you and being more of a grown-up, 
I will try and kind of have think about that aspect of it mm. alongside the creative side of it as mm. well. There's no point not taking advantage of it. No, I, I agree. Well, I think on that note, I've got one more question for you, but um, just to say, I guess, ultimately, if you, uh, the audience need to have a bit of luck that these amazing programs you have in your mind as ideas come to the market because mm-hmm. I know that they would enjoy them. Um, but one final question as we close today's podcast, if you went back to your younger self and gave some advice, what, what, what would it be? Uh, it would be things like, um, don't try and be someone else. I did a lot of that. I still do. You know, you have this vision of what you should be like. Mm. I still look at pictures of directors and think, oh, wait, it's oh, not what I was expecting a director to look like. So you have this expectation on other people and yourself. This is how I should behave. This is how I should you, talk. you interviewed Willie Adam once, right? I yeah. mean, he, like, he dresses in a certain but way. He was, yeah. he, was, he was exactly what he, he was identifying. He, he was genuine in that. He was himself. He did this thing where he adjusted his glasses right. in the same way that he adjusted his glasses right. in the films. Right? So it wasn't made up to make no, it, give he, him a gimmick. Was, it, was, was it was genuinely. Right. So don't try and be other people. Mm. And don't think that the end result of success is going to... I mean, just have a clear idea of what success means for you. Right. Just be, be honest. No, just I enjoy to bring what you do. I think a lot of people don't understand. It's a really good insight too, yeah. People don't define what success is. That's why I like to ask it in these podcasts. What is yeah. success to you, right? And it, it comes and goes. You know, mm, realise that, you know, success, whatever that means, that you have failures and successes your whole life, mm. you know. And the most important things, are, to me, are the people uh, in your life, the friends, the relationships. Hmm. How old were you when the BBC took you on board? 21. 21 years old, okay. So that advice goes to that 21-year-old. Oh, God, yeah, I was terrible. I mean, it was weird. I, I, I got into the BBC really young, went straight in, did brilliantly for two years. I was like a star. And then started worrying and doubting myself and trying to kind of fit in and then it, it didn't go wrong because I carried on working there but it became more stressful and just the whole fitting in thing and not being myself and trying to do the right thing just got to me and I left and then just had a lot more fun mm. and then it went up and down up and down Nigel thank you I, I, you're another one of these guests that I could probably just keep talking to forever but um, thank you so much Nigel Levy writer producer and director Um, just quick sum up of the few things I took from today's podcast ultimately uh, take responsibility perhaps for your own good luck and bad luck I think that's Nigel's view it's quite an interesting one worth noting and I think uh, they go back to your younger self and just be yourself find out who you are don't try to be other people is also a really good bit of advice I'd probably say exactly the same to my younger self too so Nigel thanks very much for your time today 